Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker Podcast, Season 2, Episode 257. Uh, we're going to do a, uh, another update on um, the Gregory Hart, um, I consider it a homicide, which occurred on uh, March 13th, uh, 2010, uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, at the time of uh, his death, Gregory was 23. And before I get into some detail, um, you know, I have noticed, you know, just since doing this podcast and researching things, that there have been a lot of, uh, you know, fishy cases in Providence, you know, especially involving uh, their police department, the way their police department handles things. Uh, we can go back as far as the uh, Roy Weber case, uh, which I've done a couple, uh, you know, uh, podcasts about him. Uh, you know, Roy was a uh, young um, young male. Uh, he would he was a street a street worker. You know, suffered with some drug addictions, this and that. However, at the time, he had uh, you know a connection with the. Uh, now deceased mayor at that time, um, you know, he was uh, seen in the uh, mayor's uh, building complex in the mayor's room, had the mayor, mayor had given him a suit and tie. Uh, he was uh, paid for, according to family members, uh, sexual favors by uh, by the mayor's bodyguard, who reminds you, and let me remind you, who who um, basically uh, escorts the mayor around, the police. Okay, so uh, Weber was found uh, shot and killed in a parking lot, uh, which was not this crime scene. A patrol car several hundred feet down the road didn't see anything, didn't know anything, didn't see anything. Um, the individual who had paid uh, Roy Weber for the mayor, the um, the bodyguard at that time was never never questioned. Uh, a couple other cases where you know suspicious deaths, disappearances, uh, police department worked on or didn't work on and all of a sudden there's no answers uh, in the heart not the heart case but the Weber case they they put out this photo a black and white photo of this mysterious man who um, it was I believe I believe personally it was more of a deflection they wanted people to concentrate on the photo not the case uh, I was able to identify the the person in the photo within a couple hours so um, I had spoke to a lot of people involved in Roy Weber's case and uh, I I find it very suspicious I just you know uh, like I said in this program you that know me or listen to me know that I don't even though I you know was a cop for a long time and retired uh, I don't take any sides I go after what is um, what is the truth? Uh, in our, our case right now, the Greg Hart case, um, like I said, another unexplained uh, <clears throat> death in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, 
um, you know, um, on that night. Uh, now you have to remember this. Uh, you know, Gregory Hart was a um, a pretty intelligent kid. I mean, he wasn't like the, um, you know, he was a University of Massachusetts kid. The, uh, he was very smart kid. No, um, no criminal history. Nothing that a, a normal twenty-three-year-old. Uh, nothing. There was no, nothing in his background that would suggest him, you know. Um, having any type of criminal motives. Um, but there are some interesting things, new things that popped up in the case. I had fam family members send me some uh, police reports which all conflicted. Uh, I, I find some of the reports to be misleading, inaccurate, purposely misleading. Let me just restate that. So on that night, um, at the time, um, Greg lived in uh, Denham, Mass. Um, on that night, he took his Ford Mustang and drove down to a bar called the Red the Red Room Tavern. Uh, it's located at One Fox Place in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, he was the, he was there to meet a few friends. They were going to celebrate because he uh, he'd got a new job. Um, he met up with three. Three old uh, college uh, friends. I'll just use their first name: William, Zach, and then Zach's girlfriend. Um, at about uh, 1:21 a.m., uh, Hart had spoke with uh, Will. Uh, at the um, two, the two were at the bar for a little while. Um, some reports say no, nothing had occurred in the bar. Other reports say that there was some type of altercation. And, and just just keep this in mind, it's or a, dis, a disturbance, but it was never listed as what type of disturbance. So just keep that in mind because that's going to be important here. Um, Hart left the bar about 20 minutes later at about 140. Uh, about 140. Um, there were some speculations that um, now this this is this is where the the weird type of speculations are coming in, from my view. Now we already established the fact that Hart had driven his uh, Ford Mustang to the uh, the bar and the parked in the uh, parking lot, so we know that. And then friends initially speculated that while uh, they returned to their apartment, uh, Hart may have gone to the International House of Pancake on uh, Promenade Street. <clears throat> Hart's brother says that, um, I guess, uh, Gregory, Gregory wasn't really fond of this place, but, but then again, at the same time, why would he be on foot if he had a car? Okay, that's a big, that's a big key question. Uh, another another um, another issue is with the the fight in the bar. It's undescript. It's it wasn't uh, in any police report. It wasn't put down what type of uh, incident was. 
just just wasn't it was just left left hanging uh, intentionally I believe um, here's an interesting thing the police on two different reports reported that his cell phone and keys were found now let me just kind of regress um, He, um, his body, his, his body was actually uh, found washed up against uh, some tree limbs in the uh, Wanasquatucket River. Uh, about a half, uh, you know, partially in and partially out of the water. Uh, he was recovered by the uh, Providence Fire Department. Uh, Hart's family had ex expressed the um, fear that uh, there was foul play involved. I believe them because the distance from where his body was found compared to the bar um, wouldn't, it just wouldn't, even if you, you yes, he was entitled, according to the medical examiner, which I'm starting to doubt his report too, says that his alcohol level is exceptionally high. However, even with your alcohol be, level being exceptionally high, if you drove to the bar, why would you walk a mile and a half down, down the road? Uh, and all of a sudden you're in the water. Um, he was a trained scuba, scuba diver, so um, you know, uh, there's no indication that uh, he was under any type of um, emotional distress or had thoughts of suicide because he was out there celebrating a new job. Uh, initially, when he was reported missing, the police uh, really did nothing to find him. The official um, autopsy said that uh, Hart's death was ruled as, as, as a drowning and did not appear suspicious. Now remember this again, it did not appear suspicious. Uh, when we get into this case a little more, you're going to find out that yes, it was very suspicious. Uh, you know, here, here's, a, here's, a, here's an issue. Um, You know they're trying to um, throw the blame simply on alcohol. Um, you know I, I I don't I don't really believe that. Uh, I'm just trying to go through some notes here. Uh, Hart's family said that Hart's body uh, had numerous, which wasn't put in a lot of these reports, had numerous uh, numerous injuries, uh, suggesting he had been in a fight, including a broken cheekbone, jaw, eye socket, chipped tooth, cuts on his lips, uh, knuckle marks, probably from brass knuckles, injuries to his palms, and bruises on both legs in the same location, like like he was shackled. Uh, the family believes he was beaten up, possibly murdered. I believe this. I don't believe either of the Providence police reports. Uh, 
and you're going to see why in a minute because they they listed that the disturbance they didn't know what type of disturbance it was obviously if he had this many injuries it would be a fight uh, how do you not know that how do you have this many injuries and it not be placed in a police report second of all all of his so-called friends loser bones that they are uh, Will, Zach, and Zach's girlfriend failed to uh, failed to talk about it well they were at the bar they knew what the fuck happened and these are friends they're not friends they're pieces of crap that's what they are I mean how, how do you how do you you're there and you don't know what happened yeah bullshit you know, I don't know who you're lying to, pal, but you know what? Don't don't ever become a, a professional burglar because you won't last long. Um, they they believe his body had been uh, in the river for probably two to three days. But but here's the problem, you know, after you pass away and your blood stops moving. Um, and you're cut, shot, stabbed, whatever, you are not going to um, have blood around the, the, the injury sites. So to suggest that him striking two knees in the same exact same place and having uh, bruises, no, that's not going to happen. Um, you have no blood flow, so the blow, blood wouldn't flow anywhere to pr produce these type of wounds. Um, here's the conflict of interest which people don't realize and once again I, yes I am bringing the police into this because potential conflict of interest Providence Detective Mark Sacco who began the investigation uh, on the day before uh, the body was found owns the property the Red Rooster bar sits on. The bar itself is owned by Rebecca uh, Carroll, the wife of Providence Police Detective Sean Carroll. Huh. Imagine that. Um, the family of Greg Hart feels that uh, this is a conflict of interest. In addition, there are no records of potential witnesses at the bar, bouncers, bartenders, uh, who have ever been interviewed by the police. Imagine that. So, uh, here's another thing, some notes. Uh, police report according to ABC6 says a disturbance of some kind. It is unknown what type of disturbance occurred shortly before uh, Hart's disappearance. Hart's body has also suffered uh, types of injury that may be indicative of a fight, broken facial, we went all through this. Uh, there's also two bruises in the same place on each leg, possibly caused by restraints. I believe this. Here's another catch me if you can one. Inconsistency for police reports. The initial police uh, incident reported on March 14th states that police found Hart's cell phone and house keys in the bar's parking lot. 
The police report also, also states that the police called his cell phone at the time and it rang several times before going to voicemail. Police report two days later said that the Hart's phone was found in the water along with Hart's partially submerged body and his driver's license. Okay, here we got a big fucking problem here. You see this, folks? A big fucking problem. Police returned Hart's iPhone to family members uh, in approximately five pieces. Well, here's the problem. If it was in the parking lot, why would it be in five pieces? If it was in your pocket and you drowned, why would it be in five pieces? However, now, and this is this is what I, what I love you more. Officers told the family that even the state police uh, experts were unable to retrieve any information from it because it had been in the water. Mm, okay, well, here's the caveat. Uh, technicians at AT&T told the Hart's family that it had been uh, taken apart. The phone had been taken apart in such a way that no information could be retrieved. Hmm. I don't know. Who did he call? Okay. The phone uh, damage uh, indicator on the iPhone. The phone definitely wasn't in the water. A hundred percent. This is. This was not in the water. Okay, this came from the technician at AT&T who took the phone apart, looked at it, and said no. Uh, experts at uh, TechFusion, where the company was, uh, the, uh, they were actually um, given the phone and told to take a look at it. The company found that the phone could not possibly have been in contact with the water as stated in the police report. Okay, they're, they're even telling you the police report was incorrect. The style of Apple iPhone that Hart had is equipped with uh, tiny indicators deep in the, uh, the phone that signals uh, whether the phone has been submerged in water or liquid. According to Alexander uh, uh, Gassin, uh, a data recovery expert at the company, Apple has installed uh, th these indicators in order to help determine whether the phone was okay. Submerged or not indicated like what? Okay. Evidence indicates that the indicator on Hart's phone, uh, something very difficult to remove, had been intentionally scratched off the phone. So a dr listen, a drowning man that's drunk does not scratch this off his phone. Um, a man that loses a cell phone in a parking lot does not scratch this off his phone. The data, re Alfred, uh, I, and I'm going to I'm going to kill this name, uh, Demiargen, a data recovery expert at the company, said this was definitely wasn't in the water. Well, let's see what data re is recovered from the cell phone. TechFusion was uh, was also able to rebuild Hart's phone and compare the text messages and phone logs to the AT&T cell phone logs and authenticated them. Okay, 100 telephone calls and contents, uh, contents of 599 text messages was indicated that the iPhone was not in the water. The family has declined to release contents of the recovered data for fear uh, compromising any f uh, criminal case. Now my question is, why isn't the state police, the Massachusetts state police, and if you're out there, I'm calling you out, why aren't you investigating these cops? Okay, why aren't you investigating these cops? Dead body, 
you know, tampered evidence. You, you kind of see where I'm going with this. Cops owning the bar. I mean, you know, my thought, uh, and I'm going to be quite honest with you, you know, he, something probably happened. Um, somebody at the bar, bouncer, whatever, owner, who the hell knows, gets involved. Um, things get out of hand. Beat him up, kills him. Dumps him into the fucking water. Okay. You know, takes his phone, destroys it. And think about it. You got two detectives that are involved. One owns the property, one owns the bar. Who would know better to scratch off shit off a phone? See what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things that are pointing their fingers directly, directly at, um, direct, directly, quite honestly, at the police. You don't see no internal investigation, no state investigation. This the state prosecute. You know, the general attorney isn't doing anything, and uh, which is honestly, which is completely typical of Providence. Do not move to Providence because they got some shit with that police department. That's going just just stay the fuck away from it. Just don't 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 move there. No, just don't go to that place. Um, you know. So, and according to the parents, you know, this kid wasn't typically a late night uh, drinker. I mean, he didn't stay out long. You know, he uh, his education is cum laude grad of University of Massachusetts at M uh, Amherst, where he studied economical and tutorial studies. Uh, he was accepted into the officers program to be a flight. Uh, Navy fighter pilot, you know, so this is not the kid um, who's been staying on the street, gets in trouble and stuff like this. Um, you know, it's it's just really, it's it's just, it, it is, you know, to me, stuff like this is like beyond fucking bizarre because how do you, how do you deal with this kind of crap? Um, I'm trying to find some something a little uh, a little more on this case real fast. I, I have it somewhere. Uh, just give me a second. Rain fell hard that night in Providence, Saturday, March 13th, and booze flowed out of bottles just as quickly. It was enough for Greg Hart to be highly intoxicated. That's what police said. The state's medical examiner agreed. The 23-year-old Massachusetts man got drunk and drowned. Drunk. No, drowning, no. Nothing adds up. That's why so strongly, if you knew Greggy, you'd understand the pieces do not fit. And what about the bar, owned by police officers? That's where Hart was last seen alive. On the internet, I see a lot of real wild things in my past. That's a anything-goes type of a place. On the night Greg Hart went missing, he was out celebrating with some old college buddies here at the Red Room in downtown Providence. He had just gotten a new job with a software company, a job that was going to give him some real money for the first time. Life was taking off. He put a smile on everybody's face and people loved him. Greg graduated with honors from UMass, got accepted into an officer's program to be a Navy fighter pilot. His family says he wasn't your typical late night partier. Whoever met my son 
thought he was quite a young man, and uh, he was impressive. Hart drove down to Providence from Dedham, Mass, in his Mustang after getting a late start. It was 10 o'clock, and he was heading out with Will McClendon, Zach Pisco, and Zach's girlfriend, Megan O'Keefe. The group hit up the Red Room. What happened next is unclear. A police report says some type of disturbance occurred. Was it a fight? Did someone get punched? His friends are not talking to the media. What we do know is that Greg went missing. That was clear. Providence police said they were on the case. We take all missing persons case seriously. We have quite a few, and we have protocols in place that we follow so that they're all taken seriously. Two and a half days later, a different group of Hart's friends from Massachusetts who were not with him that night found his body. It wasn't the police. The 23-year-old lay tangled in fallen debris on the riverbank of the Winasquatucket, less than one mile from where he was last seen alive. I guess pretty ridiculous that we had to find him when we didn't even know where we were in Providence. We didn't know the area at all. That's the inside of this shirt. See the, look at that. In the basement of his Massachusetts home, John Hart shows us the last clothes his son ever put on. Rhode Island's medical examiner said Greg Hart drowned, that his blood alcohol content was .25, nearly three times the legal limit. The finding, though, doesn't explain why his white undershirt turned almost brown, underneath a more cleaner-looking dress shirt. Here it is again. Why would a t-shirt be brown underneath a clean-looking dress shirt? Both had supposedly been soaking in the same river water. That's the outside. See it? Look at that. Some other parts of the case started to raise eyebrows in Hart's family. Providence detective Mark Sacco first began investigating Greg's disappearance on March 15th, just one day before his body was found. But ABC6 has learned that Detective Sacco owns the property. That's right, the property where the Red Room sits. You gotta be kidding me. I'm talking to the guy that my son was last seen at this place. That's a conflict of interest. In other words, no one. Yeah, send somebody else. Sacco may own the property, but Rebecca Carroll, seen here in provocative online photos, owns the Red Room. Rebecca Carroll is the wife of Providence Police Officer Sean Carroll. That means two officers make money from the Red Room Bar. Remember, a police report mentions some type of disturbance at the Red Room that night. Has anybody interviewed the bartenders the, that night? Has anybody interviewed the bouncer? If so, there is no mention of it in any reports. ABC6 tried talking to Detective Sacco, the Carrolls, and Police Chief Dean Esserman. Hart was found in the river with his wallet and iPhone. AT&T records detail text messages and calls between Greg and his friends shortly before he disappeared. His last known contact was an eight-minute call at 1.21 in the morning to his friend, Will McClendon, who was with him at the Red Room. What was said? Where was Greg? McClendon isn't talking to ABC6, and here is what Greg's iPhone looks like now. It's in pieces. Apple, the phone's manufacturer, says it was taken apart in a way that no information can be retrieved. Who did you get that phone from? I got that from the Providence Police, from the detective. 
Not a lot of business is getting done these days inside Bob Corfrey's office. He's Greg's grandfather, and he posted a $70,000 reward. He says Greg was murdered, and he's got pictures of his grandson's beaten-up body before he was embalmed at a funeral home. His nose is damaged. His eye is damaged. His left hand has a, has a bad bruise on his little knuckle. He has a, a bruise on his right, right hip. There's two holes in the boy's shins. Same location. I wish somebody had taken a look to see if those were restraints. How else do you get two of those? If you end up in the water floating down a stream, you hit something that gives you two shots the same place on, on both legs? I don't think so. A bright cross marks the muddy spot along the Wenasquatucket where Hart was found. His body now rests in a Massachusetts grave, but his family's search for answers never will. I want whoever's responsible to be accountable for it. Because what they did to him shouldn't have happened. So, people, after listening to that, what do you think about that? Um, little questionable, lot questionable, uh, should be reinvestigated, definitely. Um, I don't know why it's not, well, I do know why it's not being reinvestigated. Um, it even made it on the news. That was obviously a, a news clip from uh, ABC6. Uh, and you're telling me that the the Massachusetts uh, general attorney didn't take note of it. Uh, no one in the state police took note of it. Uh, no other investigatory agency in the state took note of that. Uh, what's going on? I mean, you know, and like I said, this goes all this just reversed right back to the Roy Weber case. I mean, you know what the what the hell's going on up there? Holy crap! I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't believe, I don't believe that the uh, the former keys were recovered in um, the water with him. That's a lie. Uh, I don't believe that they didn't know what type of disturbance occurred. That's a lie. I don't believe that the police didn't know what happened to him. I, I just don't believe any of it. I, I just think it's it, it. No, it's 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 all it's all. They're lying about everything, you know. Uh, they didn't go really search or canvas the area for them. Uh, you know, you had to have family members uh, come out to find them. And then again, think about it this way. Um, you know, what's the best way to get rid of DNA evidence? Uh, throw it into uh, throw them into water, right? Who would know that? Uh, law enforcement, maybe. Hmm. Why is a, a perfectly white T-shirt uh, mud stained and the outerwear isn't? That means because that was mud stained before the outerwear was put on them. That's what that means. Um, why was well, how how did it, why was the what was the reason? for the phone being dismantled, taken apart. There was a reason. Why aren't any of his friends, which I wouldn't call friends, uh, why aren't they talking about it? Uh, the 
news reporter said that they had tr attempted to uh, contact both of the officers who owned the property, owned the bar, and the chief. Uh, nobody wanted to talk about it. So there's a lot of nothing getting done on a homicide. It wasn't a. It w it wasn't a. Um, this was not an accidental drowning. You know, and and I hate to be a, a a critic, but the worst person to make a determination of whether it was a crime or not is our medical examiners. Because how often they are influenced by what law enforcement says. Um, there was a case that I did, and I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, uh, I want to say it was uh, the Bisbee case uh, where she was found uh, in a car, uh, an abandoned non-working car. You know, she, she, was, she was a street worker. However, she's found in an abandoned car, uh, has a deep laceration on her forehead, no blood in the car, which means obviously the, the, the crime scene was not in the car. Uh, broken fourth vertebrae which you would literally have to slam somebody or step on their neck to break that um, you know the their coroner said that there was uh, rigor mortis had set in rigor mortis sets in an hour hour 45 minutes later and it, it, it happened to match the contour of the seat yeah, well, if you throw a dead body in this, a fucking car in an attempt to hide him and he's freshly killed, of course it's going to take the contour. I see. And then they, they it was undetermined how she died. <laughs> fucking really? Are you fucking kidding me? She's got a snap neck, a laceration in our forehead, and we couldn't figure out what happened? Holy crap. You know, see, that that's, that's why... You know, I, I know I'm throwing throwing a hard ball at these these uh, these MEs, but come on, let, let's face this. You got to stop going the direction the police department's staring you there. They're staring you there to make their case easier. Just telling you, you got to stop that. You got to be independent thinkers, put down facts, and that's how it is. You you can't be you know. Uh, detailing your uh, reports to fit into uh, law enforcement's way that they want you to portray what happened because in the Bisbee case it was it was obviously a homicide that occurred outside the car you know she was brought put in the car while she was in the car seated and and the front seat was pushed over her you know it was within that hour and 45 minutes rigor mortis set in I mean, come on, what do you, what, what do you freaking need, really? Just like the heart case, I mean, the phone's dismantled, uh, he's got signs of an aggressive fight, you know, um, I'm saying bouncer cop type of fight, uh, those marks on his knees, uh, I, I saw the autopsy report, uh, the pictures, uh, just, you know what, there, don't tell me, he got to sustain those from drowning in a river. Okay. Oh, plus the absence of water in his lungs. That may be a, a big indicator in this one, too. 
So I'm not I'm not siding with my people on this one because this this is there's something shady here, just like the Weber case, just like the Bisbee case. It, it is shady as hell, and um, you know the, these these uh, DAs got to get their asses involved. You know, stop get you got to make a lot of money, get your lazy Massachusetts asses up off the seat and look into this crime. You know. So. With that, this is episode 257, season 2 of the Night Stalker podcast. We are going to be do, doing 58. Um, 258 you may be interested in, you may not be interested in, I don't know, but I will uh, I will see you there. Yeah, friends, you'll have to excuse me in my, my utter contempt and rage over this uh, situation. Uh, I, I just realized I used Massachusetts. This case did not occur in Massachusetts. It is the Rhode Island uh, general attorney uh, that should be investigating. It is the Rhode Island State Police who should be investigating this, and why are they not investigating this? So uh, scratch any of the Massachusetts stuff out and just, um, just fill it in with... Um, Rhode Island, and we are at the right place at the right time. Just remember, if you're in a dark parking lot, dark room, dark street, dark anywhere at night, and you hear footsteps coming up from behind you, you better realize, well, one, why are you there, and who are those footprints behind you? And I hope, for your sake, you have an exit way out, because we may be talking about you next. <laughs>